Welcome to the African Defense Review Podcast. Today is day two of the African Aerospace and Defense Show here in Centurion for 2014. Um, this is your editor, John Stupart, and senior correspondent, Darren Olafia, I should say, here to talk about what we've seen, what we've learned, and uh, you know how the, how the show's going. Um, so with that, I think we just to, to chat, Darren, about the, the broader feel of the, the, the show. It certainly seems like a smaller expo now, looking going into day two. Um, of the expo, it certainly seems a lot smaller, and it seems, um, you know, like some of the bigger players are now smaller. But at the same time, you have a lot of the smaller players stepping up. What do you think? So yeah, you know, looking especially at the aircraft display and the various weaponry on display, it is far far smaller than AD 2012. Uh, there's a definite sense that, um, well, with 2012, there was a, uh, there was a key sense from many of the industry that DSA NDF was about to procure a lot of weaponry you know, post the defense review. But in the last uh, two years, there's been no movement. Yeah. And there's definitely a sense of caution on the part of many global manufacturers who are not willing to send down their equipment again to the display until they are sure that DSA NDF is willing to buy. Yeah. With that said though, I think there's a very positive sign in local industry from South Africa, mm. where there appears to be, uh, I'd say a new ambition to take on larger projects and to take on um, uh, things that were traditionally sort of really out of their, their area of, of, of comfort. Yeah, they certainly seem to be sort of yeah, stretching their legs a bit sort of outside of their, their, their general defense ambit. Um, there were a couple of these things, uh, companies actually making these announcements, which made it seem almost like there was a, an understanding that if the money doesn't come soon, we're still prepared to try and branch out and do something different. Which was, which was, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, well. because uh, the key trend you're seeing is that for South African industry to survive, it cannot be dependent on the market domestically. Yeah. So virtually everything we saw today that was launched was directed at at, at foreign markets, at, at, at exports and, for, and foreign partnerships. Mm. And certainly, I think with the with those local companies um, stretching. I mean, obviously, you have the larger companies who stick around. I mean, obviously. Airbus, Boeing, Saab, they're going to be here, they're going to be present, even if they're not bringing these huge aircraft to, to come and show. I mean, the, the, uh, the maritime patrol aircraft from Saab, for example, I haven't, I haven't seen it out there, I'm fairly sure it's not there. Correct. Um, and, uh, but the, that said, the, the pavilions are still there, the pavilions are, are still quite impressive. They have very good mock-up displays, you know, with all the information that's needed. Um, but that said, with the, the smaller company, well, smaller company, with the local company, I should say, because Danel, for example, is not small, you saw some very interesting things. And I think um, three things uh, stuck out for us, I think we, we can agree on, um, from Danel, Paramount, and uh, um, Vintook Machine and Fabrican, is my, uh, I, I have a little soft spot for the, the Namibian company. But I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about Danel's announcement today on, on, uh, on their, their project. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, Sarah, Sarah, um, the, the South African uh, regional what? airliner. Regional airliner, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what are your impressions from the launch of that? Uh, this is hugely ambitious uh, to the point where, obviously, it's still, you know, no one knows whether it'll happen or not, but uh, it looks very impressive so far. Because it's still a prototype, right? It's Correct. still uh, it's just well, a mock up. There's no actual, uh, well, there's not even a prototype, I should say. It's, it's, it's yes. a mock up model and, and some general designs. As they said, it, it's still in, in the pre development stage. They're awaiting customer interest to go into, into the full-scale development phase. Uh, it's, it's really a, a regional twin, twin uh, prop airliner in the 15 to 24 seat range. Yeah. Because uh, Danal's forecasting that there's going to be massive growth in Africa especially 
and these point-to-point routes between smaller towns. Uh, whereas, obviously right now there is a fairly decent airline route feeding the main capitals. There's almost nothing between uh, the smaller towns, uh, especially in the, the, the Southern African region. Mm. Um, so the concept really that, that, that they're trying to explain to us was that it would be something akin to replacing buses for more affluent travelers. Right. And uh, there's potentially something quite big there. I said that the first thing that comes to mind is that the, the, the white, uh, I suppose the, the, the grape farmers in the Northern Cape will probably make good use of it when, they're, when their own bush planes and their, their, their sort of field strips are, are, are out of use. They can then sort of take it to come, come to holiday in Johannesburg. Yes, and for example, um, other people personally commute between Johannesburg and Rustenburg a, a whole lot. Yeah. And for them, having a, a regular airline operating across this size mm. would be quite useful. Um, yeah. There's currently nothing really uh, that's very, very new in the size of the market. And of course, being a, being a Donnell brainchild, uh, you can certainly expect at least some, some manner of, of government interest, at least in, in, in yes. this project. And uh, uh, for, for good reason. I mean, it, 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 at least on paper, it looks good. Um, you know, obviously, people will be skeptical about it. But that said, I mean, people are also skeptical about the, the ARLAC, myself included. Uh, Paramount's light, uh, light aircraft project, because when you see it on paper, you think, well, we'll see if it lives up to, to its sure. you know, sort of aims. Well, well but, the, the, yeah. the key is here with the uh, uh, South African regional aircraft is that, first of all, the, the risk is that it's Denel's first venture into any kind of you know, large-scale civilian aircraft. Mm. And they have said that although they're, they're seeking some government help, they would prefer that the majority of funding comes from the private sector mm. and from customers. Um, looking into Paramount stuff, um, Paramount has the Arlac here. It flew yeah. in yesterday <coughs> and it looks fantastic. Uh, really, really cool. It to does see. look good. It does look good. I was I was quite happy to see it flying outside while while sitting in the abysmal queue outside in Centurion. Um, it's definitely nicer to look at than, than the robot. Yeah, and I mean that's it. This this uh, this Danel Sara aircraft also looks quite cool. It reminds me a little bit of a Japanese bullet train with propellers on. Um, you know, with the, the sort of yes. slanted nose and all that. Very streamlined. Yeah. But he was saying something about the whole fuselage. Uh, having some sort of laminar flow, laminar flow properties yeah. and being extremely efficient. Right. And I think it's, uh, I mean, going back in the, the, the private investment with having Donnell on board, at least in some sort of capacity, is probably a good vote of confidence for, for, for any investors, I think, seeking to get involved. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, from that side, probably any PPP that happens from that might be, be very interesting. Yes. I, was, I thought that was definitely a highlight of today, was seeing, yeah. seeing the SARA. Um, and you know, both Arlac and SARA have, have a common link in that they were both driven by a, a desire, obviously both by some uh, research into the market, but also by, by desire on the behalf of Donnell and Paramount uh, to re, regain South Africa's lost art of design and development of aircraft. Right, yeah. Uh, because South Africa hasn't designed a military aircraft or even a large-scale aircraft mm. in 20 years. Right. Um, absolutely. And then also uh, the other company moving on from, from Donnell also trying to stretch the legs is uh, Paramount obviously having um, signings and this is and that's going on. I believe this morning there were certificates being handed out with the CEO, uh, 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 Mr. Ichikovitz. Um, you know, so there's always that, that stand, there's always a, a hive of activity going on, yeah, which well, is encouraging to see. Paramount's grown yeah. massively. You know, they, they bought uh, uh, two shipbuilding firms. Yeah. Uh, so they're now, as, as I say, they're able to offer the, the entire range of ships for a small navy. Right. Ships. Uh, they acquired ATE. Great for was, West Africa. Yes, indeed. You know, which I'm sure is not, has not escaped their, uh, and, their and eye. And potentially something for Project Burrow coming up. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. Um, 
they also have uh, an inc- a very very impressive suite of, of, of high technology systems mm. from ATE, which has been rapidly re- renamed Paramount Advanced Technologies. Oh, is that the new name now? Yes, Paramount A, Paramount AT. Pat. PAT, yes. Yeah. So, so okay. some of the things they're offering, for example, obviously the upgrades of the MI24, full gloss, gloss cockpits, weapon systems, all the rest. Mm. Uh, they, they appear to have rebranded the SAWS standalone weapon system mm. uh, suite, which can apply up and for an ordinary chopper. It's now called Flash. Mm. And they have um, a system to manufacture new uh, blades for MR24s and MI8s. Right. They actually, I believe they have those on display um, outside next to next to the Gazelle yes. and the uh, and the Arlac. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it's certainly very interesting to see them stretch their legs like that. And with these acquisitions, um, I would be very surprised if this was the end of their um, of their projects, even for the year. Um, I, I suspect there might be even a couple of more announcements coming from them this, uh, yeah, well, this uh, year. Uh, as, as a broad level, what you're seeing is, is consolidation and uh, cooperation. Yeah. You know, there was a contract that came out recently where Eber, uh, sorry, uh, Danel Aerosuit Structures yeah. and uh, Aerosuit well, what remains of Aerosuit, uh, the Aerosuit civilian side, yeah. agreed to cooperate on an Airbus contract. Okay. And uh, you're seeing as well Paramount is working with others. The RLAC has a lot of input, well, a lot of systems from the CSIR, from Danel, from everybody else. Yeah. And there's a feeling from uh, within the industry that's kind of matured a lot, mm. that they're no longer willing to fight each other unnecessarily, and they're willing to cooperate and really meld those capabilities where it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I suppose it's it's pretty much the the lessons of the past two two years or so from 2012. Yeah. Is that yeah you need to be you need to roll with the punches and find some new ways to stand up and carry on going. Um, and it, it's certainly been impressive with the South African companies. Um, moving just a little next to South Africa, it's uh, I spoke with the managing director of Vintoka Machine and Fabrik. I thought it was Vintuka Machine and Fabrikant, but I think that's that maybe that was my misunderstanding. But I spoke with his manage, the managing director, the Honorable Victor Simunja, um, just talking about their Werewolf MRAP range, which has a small but lively uh, uh, sort of industry going on. And I think the, the interesting thing I, I, I got from meeting with, um, with, with Mr. Simunja was the, the launch of their Werewolf Mark III, which is three tons lighter than the Mark II, and it definitely got the impression that this was geared towards United Nations service, peacekeeping operations, um, and particularly in terms of its, its airlift capability, not just in tactical airlift, but also from rotary aircraft, which would, you know, at least in the United Nations sense, probably be the MI-26, uh, um, since I don't see any Chinooks flying around Africa or anything like that. I mean, to, to provide an example there, uh, in part of the, the UN's fighting against M23, one of the crucial aspects was the ability to airlift uh, a large portion of the force uh, a few hundred kilometers north and uh, change the, the angle of attack. Right. Uh, a vehicle like the Werewolf uh, Mark III, which is certainly light enough to be carried by mm. an MR-2026, mm. will allow for you know not only man and material, but also mm. armor yeah. to be uh, carried across the same way. Or create a you know, sling mover command vehicle through Correct. and then you have a you know you can have a you can move a, a company or so of, of troops up to a different area and you can actually get the command vehicle down there on on, yes. on, on, on the ground that would be fantastic because runways are, are, are scarce so it's not yeah. easy to, to use your c-130s or whatever else you have yeah and uh, especially places like central africa and the, you know in the fight against m23 as we saw last year um, 
you rely on on rotary lift yes. um, and the aircraft are, are, are far less far less prevalent for yeah the runway problem so i mean from that let's look um more specifically at any interesting systems that we saw today um, from 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 the the, the exhibitors um, and I think we could we could perhaps begin with uh, Saab who had a you know quite a quite an interesting briefing in the morning um, something I like about Saab South Africa they're always busy they've always got something something on the go and it's, it always looks impressive I, I must admit they're quite they're quite slick with their presentation yeah, it's a very cool tech uh, this morning Saab introduced uh, the second second version of their LEDs 50 system, LEDs 50, uh, called the, the LEDs 50 Mark II. Uh, this is their, their, their it's one of the, the world's leading active, active protection systems available. Mm. Sort of like, you know, um, consent comes as a trophy and all the rest. Mm. And the idea there is that, uh, well, LEDs 50 is what's known as the soft kill variant. In other right. words, it has a high speed launcher, it's got uh, very fast sensors, I mean, I believe within a few milliseconds. It can detect an incoming RPG or mm. tank round, whatever else and figure out what it is, figure out what it's coming from, and develop a solution to, to, to solve it. Yeah. So the LIS-50 is what, as I said, they call soft kill. The, 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 the launcher will launch um, multi-spectral countermeasures. Mm. So predominantly smoke, which, 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 which can hide. I was say from the, from yeah. the video, it looked like it was smoke. Yes. Uh, and a hell of a lot of smoke initially. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the idea there is that um, the smoke will then hide the vehicle from IR. It will hide it from, from lasers. Mm. And it, um, it then gives the vehicle time to, to move out and to uh, drive away in safety. Mm. In fact, one nice feature of the system that, that they, sh they showed us mm. is as the vehicle drives, the system is smart enough to launch uh, the smoke uh, ahead of the vehicle, so it, 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 it uh, creates a screen just mm. as the vehicle arrives there. So yeah. it, it kind of works out the timing. So um, for uh, you know, you, you know, Joe and Serge are trying to launch an RPG at, at at something moving that quickly, you know, it simply yeah, just rapidly creates the smoke trail. Um, you know, and you can you can turn left and it'll still be pointing smoke at the attacker. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and uh, actually something I, I should have asked is I'm not quite sure if it do you know if it can deal with, mul with multiple attacks at the same yes, time? Yes. Oh, so, so it can do. So okay. um, I believe the, the regular fitment is, is two of those they call high speed directed launches. Okay. And each one has between six and eight uh, canisters. Okay. So um, they are able to to uh, I, were, I can't even recall the figure, but it's it's some crazy number of simultaneous incoming attacks. Incoming that they can attacks, right? Okay. And uh, along with that, they have a a new sort of polymer-based protection system from a company called Killtech mm. in South Africa. Which, so a, lot of, uh, a lot of kill words there: soft kill, yes. hard kill, and kill tech. Well, this is a military expert. <laughs> yeah, true. And um, <laughs> this, this is this is a, a, a sort of a coating that when sprayed on the vehicle. Suppresses radar and IR and fire even. So it's, it's been proven as, as an approach that can uh, put out fires from. Uh, uh, oh, they threw a Molotov at the, the one yeah. car, and in a matter of seconds, it was out. So, so, so the idea is that that tires hadn't even burned down. Yeah, this this thing will then launch uh, the the smoke. It'll coat the vehicle in this coating, and then as it drives out of the smoke uh, protection, mm. the vehicle's no longer visible on on on, on an IR display. Yeah. Now, LEDs has an older, well, not an older brother, a, a sort of grown-up uh, brother, which uh, is called the, I think it's the LEDs 100, which, right. has, which is known as the hardcore variant, a okay. hard kill variant. Now, that takes the, the same system, basically, same sensors and everything else, mm. but um, supplements it with launchers that, are, that can fire the, the Mongoose missile from Denal Dynamics. Dynamics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this is designed to then fire out and meet a... Uh, Incoming RPG, tank run, whatever it is, 
Yeah. Uh, at a state distance from the vehicle, destroy it, and prevent it from actually hitting the vehicle. Yeah. And Saab's rationale for this, which actually makes a lot of sense, is that they're saying, mm. we've reached a point where we just cannot put more armor on vehicles. A tanks are already pressing 70 tons. Yeah. And the roads in Africa, or well, most parts of Africa, just cannot handle a vehicle of that weight. Yeah. It's a so, great way to get exercise with your with your shovel, like, you know, digging out your, your armor every indeed, so yeah. often. Um, so it's a very cool system, I think, <coughs> lots of potential. It's in use uh, by the uh, the Dutch, I believe, okay. and to customers which uh, Saab wouldn't name. Oh, right. Interesting. I wonder, yeah, I suppose we could speculate. But then, yeah, but then we'd be pulling out a crystal ball. Unfortunately, th that's too common with, with, with African uh, defense companies. Yeah, we've sold a few, but we yeah. won't tell you who. Can't tell you who, yes. yeah. And then uh, something very interesting, I thought, was uh, Thoratech, um, you know, looking at their, their suite of simulation uh, or sort of driver training simulators, which um, defense side, it actually only represents uh, roughly, I think, a quarter of, yes. their, of their business, um, with the rest being largely mining and uh, sort of civil use. Um, we'll uh, just, uh, as an aside, have a, a much larger story on this. Um, in the coming months when we, we, we will uh, hopefully be able to go visit Thoratech at their offices and their, 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 their premises in, in Durban, Kuzalina Natal. Um, we can get a better idea of this. But uh, long story short, for now, it, it looks like it integrates VBS2 uh, software engine yeah, from Bohemia Interactive. Those of you who play video games, it's from the, the Armed Assault series, which is the, the sort of you know, pop, popular public version. Um, and it looked you know, quite, quite impressive. Um, the, 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 the level, I suppose, of, of interaction that the driver yes. gets. I mean, I believe uh, talking with the guys there, they were actually saying when you bring the soldier in who maybe has never used a computer or anything like that before, they initially are reluctant to get into the seat. Um, and they say, well, you just, what would you do in the normal case? You just get in and, and drive. And that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like yeah. you're, you're driving a truck in a slightly pixelated world. Well, I suppose a slightly less textured world, yes, I guess. Yes. Well, it's, it's highly um, impressive because... And um, you can't smell, but that's probably good for truck drivers. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, quite. <laughs> uh, and what's fascinating there is that, obviously, their, their interfaces are one-to-one. -one, so they will construct a complete mm. replica of the internals of a vehicle, uh, exactly as, as the real thing is from... Uh, steering wheel gears, systems, whatever else you have. And what they can also do, is, which is very useful, is for example, when the, when the South African Army has deployed to places like uh, Goma and the DRC, mm. they've created uh, entirely simulated uh, uh, oh, terrain and maps and, yeah, of the whole city of Goma. Topography, yeah. Yeah, so, so soldiers are able to train on driving the roads of Goma yeah. and even learn where to go and, and which was to take entirely um, on a simulated back here in South Africa. Mm. Now, the systems are used already by the SA Army and a few mm. other countries around the world. Mm. And uh, a whole new version of it mm. is being created uh, for the, uh, the Patria AMV, or yeah. known as the Badger in, in um, so SA Army service. service. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that'll be, I mean, we'll certainly find out more about that in, uh, in October when we visit, yes. when we visit Thoratech. Um, I think that'll be certainly quite interesting, so, so look out for that. But yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you are going to be at AAD on Friday as well um, and you haven't seen them, I strongly suggest you, you go through to their stand and visit it. I unfortunately can't remember which hangar and which uh, where you sort of stand they were at, but uh, take a look out for them. They're in the corner of one of them. Um, you can't miss them. They have a nice air-conditioned container used as well, so it's, it's quite a nice shelter from the sun. Um, and then I think just the, we have two last things. I, I wanted to talk a bit about Straight Group going through there. We, I mean, African Defense Review went to Eurosatri, and their Straight Group was very, very strongly represented, um, and was quite, quite interesting to see. 
Um, so I chatted with the, the, the guys at Straight here who had their, their display set up right next to the test track. And I'm, I must admit, I was actually, I, I, I was sort of expecting the, you know, the normal, well, these are armored cars, da, 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 kind of spiel that you get when you look at every single MRAP ever. But they were remarkably pragmatic in their approach in that they were, they sell, and then, you know, in, in what they, they term um, sort of good quality armored vehicles at a seriously, seriously low cost. Um, and after after hearing the, the the guys walk through these vehicles and then talk about them, you know they're not they're not these G whiz kind of thermal imaging remote turrety kind of things. Although they can be fitted out with those, um, but they're uh, you know good V hold armor armored vehicles or unarmored vehicles uh, or relatively unarmored vehicles um, on offer for for a relatively cheap price. And I think something that impressed me was that they believe well they they actually stated that. If you want to place an order with Trade Group for these vehicles, whatever they might be, you will get delivery of this product within three to four weeks, including the licenses necessary um, to sort of get them through customs, which I thought was uh, incredible. I thought that's, that was absolutely amazing. Anyway. They also stated there's, there's roughly 700 vehicles of, of, of all their variants in reserve at any one time. He said currently there's about 1,049, or say about, it's quite a specific number, I guess. And, uh, you know, they, they cover a range of, of areas looking at, you know, sort of counterinsurgency and all that, which was, I mean, let's, I mean, let's, be honest, there there are MRAPs a dime a dozen in the market today, and with Afghanistan winding down, the market is dwindling, and that's going to be a concern for a lot of the bigger G Wiz producers. So I, I thought for for Strait it was quite quite interesting to see their you know very very realistic and, and, and honest approach, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, it was quite nice. But uh, and then moving on finally to to DCD, who launched their Oribi, um, you know, multi-purpose truck basically. Which uh, came out. I thought it looked it didn't look at all what I expected it to, to come out. I thought, it would, I thought it looked very square and you know Germanic in design, but it actually yeah, it, it, I thought it looked quite good. Darren, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I was also expecting another MRAP uh, along the lines of the Springbok or, or whatever yeah. else they have, but on the modern line. Uh, but it's not. It's really a, a, a an armored utility truck uh, with a, a, a payload that's designed to be replaced with whatever you need to use, whether it's mm. troop transports or uh, carrying cargo, whatever else in it. So it really looks more like a, a, a Unimog for the mm. 21st century, I'd say. Yeah. Um, looks very impressive, apparently it performs very well, although obviously it, it'd be great to you know, see it in action, yes. I suppose. Yeah. And so it looks like it, it might have quite a good place in the market because there's definitely always a need for that sort of utility vehicle. Yeah. And it's absolutely, I thought it was just quite interesting to see DCD also, you know, local company, relatively speaking, you know, yes. um, branching out into something they've never done before whereas you know before we have these 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 armored vehicles and obviously have the the husky uh, you know sort of armed, uh, mine mine uh, mine detector vehicles and they you know they've, they've done very very well with those products extremely yeah. well obviously with the you know their, their their american contracts but um nice to see they actually try something you know different trying yeah. to to reinvent the well, well not reinvent just simply redesign the the, the unimog for the 21st century correct i mean i think the, well, the issue is they're obviously looking at the, the foreign market um, something to keep in mind is that these, none of DCD's new vehicles yeah. have been sold to the SANDF. Mm. So all of their success of the last few years has been based on, on exports. Mm. And they've been you know, keeping a, a very, very uh, a keen eye on, on what the current trends are, especially after the wind-down of Afghanistan. Mm. And it seems that uh, the trend they're seeing is a lot more internal security, mm. uh, a lot more urban warfare, yeah. and a lot more focus on vehicles that can do everything. So as opposed to having mm. your 
uh, sort of vehicle that, that, that only does one thing. Yeah. You want a vehicle that has a very good base, but then can be reconfigured yeah. for certain missions. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it was definitely uh, nice to see that, yeah, DCT is, uh, DCD rather has done their homework. Uh, or yes. at least it seemed, uh, appears that they've, they've done their homework on their, their target market um, and done it well. It's only, it was probably one of the most well-attended unveilings I've seen today of, uh, of systems. Um, you know, probably rivaling the Danel Sarah, sorry, Sarah, sorry, I'm not sure. We'll have to get clarification yes. on that. But uh, with that, we will sign off here from African Defense Review. Um, we will have another podcast tomorrow. Hopefully, get it through in the afternoon before all of you guys get on your flights back to your respective countries, or uh, um, you know, simply go home for a very well-deserved cocktail after a very, very warm week. But uh, yeah, from from myself, John Stewart, and uh, Darren Olafia, um, this is the African Defense Review. <laughs>